Blog Talk Radio. If I left money on the bed. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a bird, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. For a fresh new start And they never will bring you there So let's talk about it When life and on the air Hi everyone, good morning This is Fran Lewis And guess what, the rain stopped It's gorgeous outside And we have author Tim Ahrens here And the grand game Oh God, this book was so scary That's why I love it <laughs> And it basically, it's based on a chess game. And I have to tell you, Tim, I stopped playing chess because I was afraid the pieces would come alive. <laughs> really, seriously. Thank you for having me on your show, Fran. Well, three new gods join the Janus in the madness that has become the grand game of dark creatures. We're going to get into that in a minute. Shoko, goddess of magic, Afrofis, goddess of chaos, that's me. And I am, yeah, elder god of nightmares, that's so cool. Add the human points to the game table that has become Milton, Wisconsin. And we've got our two main characters that I love. I love William. Sorry. And Doug, I don't know. He's great. <laughs> but you made the characters human points. Okay. So let's go back a step to Dark Creatures. Because that was my favorite. How did you create Dark Creatures and the original players in the game? And then how did you create Doug and Milton, I love Doug. Not Doug, Milton, I love the other one. I, I, I absolutely love the other character because he's my favorite, William. So how did you do that? Um, well, it's, I wanted to write something epic. I mean, I've written, I've written a book of short stories at one point, and um, I've written quite a few other short stories. Um, and I wanted to do something epic, um, but I couldn't quite get my finger on what type of epic story I wanted to write. I didn't want to do science fiction because um, I'm not really massively... I mean, I'm more into science fantasy than science fiction. It mm-hmm. wouldn't be a very hard science fiction. So so um, I was sitting back one night watching um, an anime, since I'm big into anime, if you know what that happens to be, uh, Japanese animation. I was watching an anime called Berserk. And in Berserk, mm-hmm. you have a you have a, a swordsman who's cursed, who's walking through a, a world that's just... Um, it's an apocalyptic world. It's just hell. Um, and he's always attacked by monsters because he's been sacrificed to um, otherworldly beings. So he's just trying to keep himself alive. That whole plot just fascinated me. And then, of course, I started watching a couple other shows where um, uh, it's called it's, – I think – I may, may not be pronouncing this right, but I think it's Itsukai or Itsuki. It's where a person is sucked into a video game, and now is in that video game mm-hmm. world. So I just decided to combine – since I like both of those genres, I decided to combine them both. Um, mm. And then, of, of course, then I came across the idea about the gods just by, you know, I was just taking a walk trying to put this all together in my head. And I said, well, well, well you know, why don't we just use other gods to, to this? We have a, that way we can have a three-layer story, and then there's something for everyone in the book, and it never gets really boring. <laughs> no, I wasn't bored. I was just terrified. But the, the plot was just so different. 
than anything I've ever read. And then I, I couldn't put it down. Actually, I got eye strain. So that's that's oh, good. that's not good for my eyes, but that's good for you, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Grand Game was different. It took me a while longer to read it, to be honest, because I wanted to get make sure that I understood the players, and I don't want them near me, that's for sure. <laughs> so, really, um, how did you create William and Doug, and how did they become opponents? I love William. Sorry, he's my favorite. I feel bad for him. Uh, William really was wasn't really too difficult. Um, I put, took some parts of William from my past, from things I've done in my past, like uh, the run mm. uh, trying to trying to beat the bus home from high school. I used to do that a lot when I was a kid, so I um I, I took that part. <laughs> Uh, I made him. I tried to make him a little more modern than my memories of high school, since I'm older. <laughs> mm. um, and um, and I just you know I put put a little bit of of character I've seen in other places. Like there's a little bit of Marty McFly from um, Back to the Future in him. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a there's a couple other aspects to William. He's a he's he likes um, retro stuff like. Um, uh, racing girl posters and stuff like that. Stuff that's not really massively popular anymore, mm-hmm. but he's, he's kind of big into that. So William was just your average, I thought he was just your average um, high school kid, at least as much as I could make him being who I am, so I don't have any kids myself. Uh, so that's how I designed uh, William. Um, he's just what you would call a normal high school kid. He's smart. Um, he likes video mm-hmm. games. He's intelligent, but... Um, Doug, on the other hand, took me a little time to create. <laughs> um, I started um, making him um, kind of a sociopath. Yeah, he is. And he, then he got darker. So I wanted to make sure that I stayed true to, to just how a sociopath slides into being a psychopath. So what I did was I went back and I researched Ted Bundy, um, Ed, Ed Gein, um, John Wayne Gacy, I researched a lot of these serial killers and their attitudes and, and how they look at the world and how they look at people and what how their minds mm-hmm. work. And then I just built Doug off of all of those. So you'll see a little bit of all those serial killers built in the Doug. Well, I have to tell you, um, there, there's a program, I don't know, maybe you watch it, on Oxygen. It's called Serial Killers. It's I really actually did it on, on um, I saw one on Netflix watched, called that. So, yeah, I watched that. I watched Vanished. I watched Living with a Serial Killer because I'm trying to learn how to be evil and write evil. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I tell you, they're so fascinating. Yeah, uh, real really murders, be, cold cases, really my favorite. How to be, if you really want to learn how I'm to be learned, evil, Fran, the two you should look well, into are John. Well, considering what I'm going through, which I won't say on the air, I'm learning very nicely how to get evil, <laughs> and it's fun. You should so just ask John my Wayne students Gacy. from a thousand years ago. They'll tell you, don't mess with her. Cause if she gets evil, we're in big trouble. They never got bad. They were never bad. <laughs> she looked so, into John Wayne Gacy and Ted Bundy. Those are two great items to teach you how to be evil. Because <laughs> those guys. I'm gonna are, watch yeah. it. And and Manson's crazy too. Oh yeah. he's the craziest Manson, of all. Manson was more of a manipulator, though. Um, he was like an yeah, evil I know. genius. Um, well, there's Bundy a lot of people but, like that. Ted, Ted Bundy, Bundy was scary. pure evil. He was pure evil. And he could smile at you, and you wouldn't yeah. know he was as evil as he was. <laughs> Not a drop of remorse, I know. It scares you. 
I know. That's why I watch you know, Cold Case and some of these other programs, and when mm-hmm. they finally get the person after 90 years, they go, oh, did I get caught? Oh, so sorry. Yeah, I don't really me. care. So tell us how you created this second game. That's even This one's even scarier, people. And okay. who are the major players? And the scary part is, I'm telling you, I stopped playing chess. I love playing chess. And my nephew... You know, called me the other day. He said, if you come out here, we're going to play. I said, only if you make sure that the pieces are plastic. And I didn't explain it to him. He got really scared. He said, why? I said, because they can turn human. So how did you create human gods or pieces that are human? And how did you create this game? God, it's scary. Um, the game I put together in, in, in a lot of different ways. Um, one, I did use um, a diagram of chess. It is kind of like a chess mm-hmm. game, except with living pieces. Um, I actually took the idea for the three-level chess game, believe it or not, out of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's an episode of Star Trek where Kirk and Spock are playing three-dimensional chess. Mm. And so that's where I got the idea for the three-dimensional chess game, or the, or the three sections for the for the, uh, so the game. The grand game is designed. Um, I had to make it bigger than the, the simple game, which is what the Janices were originally playing in the first book. Um, and a grand game would be something that the gods try to do, or in order to clean up their mess. If mm. if they're playing a simple game with human lives. And which is not supposed to be noticed. It's just a small corner of the universe. You know, it's supposed to be just something to pass the time, so it's, um, they're not really incredibly bored since they're stuck where they are right now. Um, if it gets out of control, then the powers that be that actually control the universe at the moment, whatever they may be in your own minds, I don't really necessarily state who, what that is, um, uh, could wipe them out and wipe the, you know, the universe mm. out and try to start it all over again. And they don't want that to happen. So what they do is they make a bigger game called the Grand Game. They add more gods to this game in order to make it a bigger game of good versus evil. They they segregate the playing board. It's no longer part of the normal universe. And then they try to clean up their mess. So the last time that they that the Grand Game had been formed, according to my book, is where is with uh, Roanoke. Um, I think it's North Carolina. I think that's where it was. So I'm looking at the back cover. But before I do that, how do they play? How do you play the game, and how do you ah. move the pieces on the board, and how do you defeat the opponent? You don't want to be the opponent. Let's tell you now, <laughs> you people. Wear really a suit of armor or do something or hide <laughs> if you lose because you don't want to be the opponent. That's what I have to say about that. Okay, so the 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 uh, the premise of the game of the of dark creatures is fairly simple. It's usually what most of the gods like to enjoy. It's called good versus evil. Mm. Uh, a good versus evil type game can encompass a lot of different things. Um, for the Janices, it was just William versus Doug originally. Um, if Doug ends up killing William as a serial killer, or he ends up um, uh, making William inept or um, unable to do anything, or you know, um, oh, isolating, isolating him completely, um, then then Doug would win, and thus one of the Janices would win. That would be from the Serps, the uh, simple game. Um, since Janus is the god of of Roman god of past, present, and future, they can see both the past, present, and future. I just split both of them up. So one's a female god and one's a male god. So instead of having a god facing both directions, I have them facing mm-hmm. each other. That is scary. So anyway. 
<laughs> so anyway, um, so that's that's the basic premise of the game. The the major the, the game is fairly fluid. There aren't very there aren't too many rules. Um, the major rule mm. is that it never found out. It's never found out by the general public. It's never found out by people like ghost hunters or anything like that. It cannot be detected. If it's detected that this game is mm. being played, then the people who detect it vanish. <laughs> They're gone. They're taken out of the universe. Now, I'm looking at the back cover. It says, as a town of Milton, its people, as well as the whole of creation, still rest on their hands. Now, mm-hmm. the people that live there, they they don't know that this is happening, do they? They have no Correct. idea. Correct. Right. See, I, the, see, the I got that. Milton. Very good. <laughs> yeah, the and people of Milton are the game board. Around them. That's scary. Yeah, the whole town of Milton is the game board. That and makes Doug, it even better. Yep, and Doug and William are the pawns. They're the principal. They're the principal players in the game. Um, that's um, whatever Doug does is supposed to be directed at William. He's supposed to mm-hmm. be, be trying to corner William or you know um, defeat him in some way or shape or form. Whereas William is supposed to be doing the same thing to Doug. The fun part is that neither one of these two understand that until they find out about the game itself. <laughs> This is really scary, people, because, you know, there are people that live in that town that just won't know what happens. It's very sad. Um, so which players are the strongest? And did you bring anybody back besides these two from the last one? Um, I didn't bring anybody, any new characters in except for the new pawns in the Grand Games. Mm-hmm. They, added, um, they added two new people to the game and three new gods. Um, well, who's Jane? Say again? Who is Jane? And how so do you reflect a... her in the past with her mother appearing? I like that character, though, because it was scary. So Jane is, is one of the new new pawns. Then she's the pawn of mm-hmm. Circe, god of magic. She's a, a Greek goddess. Mm-hmm. Or demigod, I should say. She's decided to join the grand game um, um, along with I Am and, I can never pronounce his name, the Egyptian god of chaos. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, Jane is um, in a bad situation. Uh, she's one of these people who are in a she's in a bad home. Um, she's she's an abusive home. Um, it's not mm. an abusive home from her father. It's more of an abusive home from her mother. Her mother is of the type of person. The way I designed her mother was um, she's she found herself in a bad situation when she was younger with her husband. Um, she got. Um, pregnant with Jane. Um, she never really wanted a kid. She probably never really wanted to marry Jane's father in the first place. She's really disappointed with her life, and things have just gone downhill with her psychically or, mm. or intelligently from there. So she usually takes off all her hate on, on her husband or her daughter. Um, so Jane's whole point, um, besides going to school, as she's decided, is to escape this mm. whole situation. So as soon as she gets out of high school, mm. she plans to move into New York and escaping. Mm. Uh, she wants to become an actress because she's learned how to act around her mother to the point where she can, she thinks she can fairly uh, be a fairly decent actress of other people. That's also why I called her Jane Doe, is to, is to give her an anonymous name. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I, you know, I really, I didn't like high school, to be honest. I graduated in two years, not four. Oh, congratulations! 
Yeah, it was really smart. My mother tortured me. She made me go to summer school to advance. Oh, dear. So, yeah, I never had a summer, so I got graduated in two years, which was good because I felt that the kids were great. The teachers were not fantastic, so I could have used some of these people to, to you know, deal, deal with them because that's how nasty <laughs> they are. They were rude. So as the game progresses, how does William proceed and Doug and then there's another surprise that you put in here that scared the daylights out of me also. So you're asking how William perceives Doug and how Doug perceives how do, William? How do, how, do they, how do they proceed by playing the game? Oh, proceed. I'm sorry. Not proceed. Uh, well, originally, they don't have to perceive the game. People, it's evil. <laughs> <laughs> we originally got that. They were, originally, they were supposed to defeat each other. But since the game has gotten to, to a grand game point of view... And the gods have sealed off Milton now, so that now Milton is no longer part of of the human universe timelines. Why they replaced the ent- well, I can't give that away, but they replaced the entire city with something else. <laughs> I don't want to give too much away, but um, so what happens now is that uh, the gods have decided to try to clean this mess up by by having their pawns wipe each other out. That's what they're supposed mm. to do. Um, so Jane is, although Jane is, is directed to try to wipe out William, William is directed to try to wipe out Jane, um, uh, um, the other character is directed to try to wipe out, um, Doug, Doug, you know, but vice versa, they've all pitted against one another. Um, unfortunately for the gods, um, some of these people know each other already. <laughs> Jane already knew who Doug mm-hmm. was, and she actually likes him. And Doug already knew who Jane was, and he actually likes her. So that brings in that big of a twist. Um, they also find that since they're no longer part of modern day, the modern-day universe, since their universe is now down to just Milton, mm. um, that they can now use some of those powers that the gods have bestowed upon them, the forgotten gods have bestowed mm. on them, to actually win or lose. To win, to they have to, be, yeah, to actually win the game, win? there has to be... There has to be a last man standing, supposedly. There has to be only mm-hmm. one person standing, and then that person would either be rewarded or gotten rid of, depending on which god is playing which part. You can't kill William. Doug, I don't care. <laughs> now, this is really scary. Where I got nightmares, page 113. If you look at page 113... You created an animal that's my favorite reptile in the world. So how come you created the reptile, the snake? And if you look at page 113, you could see something. and scare you. <laughs> the snake is actually what the Egyptian god of chaos is supposed to look like. He is a snake. Really? Yep. Um, I, after doing quite a bit of research, he is actually a snake. He's a giant snake. He's something that could swallow the earth, supposedly. Um, scary. But I, I didn't want to make him just one type of snake because yeah, that no. would be fun. So what I did was I combined a king cobra with a python with quite a few other snakes. I just combined them all into that one image of, of, what, he, of what he is. So he's a combination of a lot of different other snakes. See, that's good because... I love snakes, and whenever ever I haven't been to the zoo because of the stupid pandemic, but when I go to the zoo, I gravitate to the reptile house to have a word with the snakes. 
<laughs> because I figure if there's someone that's aggravating me, maybe one of the snakes would like to come with me and help me take care of it. Especially <laughs> they might. Yeah, especially the the cobra of the python yeah. <laughs> or something that's venomous. And they're really very true. understanding too when you talk to them. <laughs> that's that, that I know seriously. And my my nephew has an iguana. I don't know oh, why, okay. but he does. Uh, yeah, it's scary. So how important is the amphitheater, and how and why did you, what, how did, why did you include that? And what, tell us about some of the challenges between the players. I swear you're never going to want to, you're going to be scared playing chess. You're going to need a bodyguard, people, seriously. <laughs> the amphitheater was designed so that all the gods that have been forgotten or thrown away throughout time have a place to, to gather and play the game. Mm-hmm. That way it avoids fights breaking out between separate gods on that plane and just causing no end of trouble. So what they do is they gather together in the Grand Amphitheater. Um, There's a certain number of gods or two gods that are chosen to play each particular game until it it, it runs its course. And then the other gods bet on them. Um, That would pretty much much take what the amphitheater is for, that and the gather together, talk or, or mingle or communicate. Um, there are do they do have a, a, a opportunities to battle each other within the amphitheater because mm. that way the chaos doesn't extend out into their own domain in the midst of time and space, which is where they're trapped. Um, so that's why I created the amphitheater so they could all get together and watch the game and bet on it. And of course, you know it's good against evil, so you have evil gods betting on the evil people. You have good gods betting on the good. You have the people in the center who aren't evil or good, just deciding who they want to bet on. <laughs> I'm looking through the book, which is in front of me for this very minute, until I give it to the person that I give all my books to. I brought my 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 dermatologist insists on all my books, so he got fifty of them yesterday that I read in the last month, and he said, "For that, you never have to wait your turn. You're first. Seriously. So that that, that he's going to get this one too because okay. his wife wants to read. She reads everything." So I'm looking in the book, and there are a few characters that I didn't talk about. Harvey Gaines, why did they call him the Lord of the Shadows? Okay, Harvey Gaines um, was a part originally of all of these people, Jane Doe, William, um, Harvey. Mm-hmm. They were all part of a D&D group originally. And so when William created his character for Dark Creatures in the video game, which he thought was a video mm. game, which actually wasn't, he used his own D&D character, the Lord Protector. The same thing with Jane. Jane got um, a character from Harvey um, that she used in that game. So Harvey actually is using his own D&D character called the Lord of Shadows, Cthulhu, the Lord of Shadows is what he called him. When Harvey gets pulled into the actual um, Dark Creatures game, he gets transformed by I Am, which is an elder god of nightmares, to become a nightmare himself. So he no longer associates himself as being the same Harvey Gaines as he was at the beginning when you first started reading about him. He now considers himself Harvey Gaines or Cthulhu, the Lord of Shadows, mm-hmm. his own character. That's, uh, that's why they call him the Lord of Shadows. So which other which other characters did did you create that I haven't said that I haven't spoken about, and who is Sothoth? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't leave him out. 
<laughs> okay, so there's um, there's William's characters in the world of Dark Creatures, which is the third level of the book, uh, the third level yeah. of the game. That's the ones that the humans are playing. That would be Augury, Parse, and Lilica Trevilian. That's a swordswoman and a bard. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Sothoth, which is Jane's character. That is a Fathoric Devourer. It's it's kind of like the blob with eyes and teeth. <laughs> mm. It actually ingests human beings from or, or or life forms from the inside out and then wears their skin like um Ew. like a costume. <laughs> like a costume. Yeah, sounds cool. That would be so false. Um and then there's Harvey Gaines character. Um oh shoot, I'll have to look at my book here for that, but Let's see, that was, yeah, was a thought. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. The thought was actually Harvey Gaines' character. Jane's character mm-hmm. was actually the lich. That would be Masterson. Masterson is a, is a, uh, a lich from a prior book that I had mm-hmm. um, called Salvation of Tang Miguel. Um, he was con- uh, condemned to um, Hades at one point, but um, uh, Cersei saved him and put him in, in, in this particular world. And now he's subjugated to uh, help Jane in her um, her um, attempt to try to win the game. Uh, those I'm are just the wondering. Mm-hmm. I wonder what happened if the town of Milton actually found out about this. Well, you know what happened to Roanoke. Roanoke. Yeah, well, uh, North. What happened to Roanoke is that it was a thriving community in the eighteen eighteen. 18- 85, I think. Maybe, no, it's earlier than that, but mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact date. I'm sorry. But anyway, it was a thriving community, and the person who had founded it, who went back to England for a couple of years, got caught in up situations. He couldn't come back to check on a colony. When he did come back to check on Roanoke, um, it was gone. It was completely mm-hmm. gone. The buildings were there. Things were sitting um, you know, in the room. Some of the buildings had been deconstructed. All the people were completely gone. It was like Roanoke had never been there. Mm-hmm. So if someone discovered, if anyone discovered, uh, well, influence discovered about the game of, that was going on in Milton when it was still part of our universe, mm. there's a good chance that Milton would vanish, and uh, depending on the damage that was done, maybe more than Milton might vanish. The whole universe might have to be restructured as far as the Earth is concerned. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and Because right now, the powers that be that control things have deemed that gods are considered are supposed to be considered mythology they're you're not supposed mm-hmm. to know that they're actually real <laughs> mm-hmm. that's scary so how did you come up with the chapter titles because those are scary too but they sort of let you know what you can expect in the chapter because they're different the let me tell you the chapter titles Oh, yeah. I wrote the chapter. I wrote the chapter first, and then I, after I finished the chapter, um, the title just came to me. I just, I tried to sum up the the, the chapter in, in the title. So after I wrote the chapter, I read it through again and said, well, um, yeah, this is a good chapter. This is a good title. <laughs> I tried to sum it up that way. Well, I'm gonna have to read through some of the characters to learn how to be evil, and make my characters evil, because this is really good. So which characters you think are the strongest and which need some are the weakest and need to fuck up? Um well, let's see now. Um all the all the the, the human characters um 
Uh, the human character, Harry Gaines, definitely needs help. He definitely needs the help in the book that he gets um, because physically he's um, he's wasted. <laughs> he's he's in really pretty bad shape. He's got a lot of powers of darkness, but he's not really physically um, capable of doing a whole lot. Um, so he can bulk up, um, or he could. Um, he needs to to fine tune his abilities in order to be an actual um, physical force within the game. Uh, um, well, I can't tell you what happens to Doug. Doug needs help. <laughs> mm-hmm. Doug needs a lot of help. Um, the strongest characters in the, from the human perspective in the game would be William. William mm-hmm. and Jane right now. Those are the strongest characters in the game right now. And um, the way they're sitting at the end of the book, you, you should be able to figure out, yeah, that they, 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 uh, they're fairly decently positioned right now. Um, as far as the characters in the world of dark creatures, those are all pretty even um, mm-hmm. uh, as far as strength goes. Um, they're all even, fairly evenly matched, although i got to say that probably Augury and Lilica have the edge on a lot of the others mm-hmm. because they've been into the situation a little bit longer than the others have. And um, each one of these characters in the world of dark creatures or the fantasy world have their own abilities and their own powers. And um, Augury and and Lilica, as being a pair or a team, Mm -hmm. actually have the edge at the moment because they're a team (laughs) as as compared to being alone. I'm Uh, looking at that. Yeah, so what else? Yeah, keep going. uh, The gods, on the other hand... um, I um, I have to say that the guys are, right now are they all have their their own powers are all evenly matched. Um, mm-hmm. Janice is evenly matched with Cersei. She has the power of magic. Janice has the powers of past, mm-hmm. present, and future. The God of Chaos has his own abilities. All these guys are fairly evenly matched up, um, and they won't attack each other because they're actually supposed to be playing a game. A game. They're not supposed to be fighting. Hmm. <laughs> But what would happen if one decided that he wanted to be the best one, even though they're on the same team? Would they ever knock off somebody on their team? They would have to knock off somebody on their team, and they would have to make sure that the person, the god in question, doesn't know that they're going to be betrayed. That's so cool, though. Betraying people is fun, I guess. (laughs) I'm looking at the epilogue, and how come you called it uh, the land of the forgotten gods? That's so sad. (laughs) <laughs> um, I wanted to make um, the, the Mist of Time and Space I made an entire dimension for gods that no one remembers or so, so very few people remember no one prays to anymore they've all lost their powers and been, and been put in the mm-hmm. place that would be the land of forgotten gods these are all the gods mm-hmm. through history and through time that man or, or other entities whatever they may be have summoned up um, brought over created um, recreated or designed um, and they're all stuck in this in this this world uh, this this land of mists and time and space for eternity or until eternity ends, because a, a, a god is a being that that's immortal. It doesn't die, so they're kind of stuck, and they're not remembered or worshipped anymore. So all their most of their power to affect the world is nil. And the only mm. way they can affect the world is by playing the game, which is another reason why they designed it. <laughs> And it's not over yet. I could tell you that, people. You've got a very long time. So how would you define, um, well, maybe before I forget, Hmm? 
Next week, Monday and Tuesday are holidays, so Wednesday on the 28th, Lee and Matthew Goldberg, Immoral oh, wow. Origins. Yes, the design card. I don't know if you want to read it. It's scary. The 29th, Dead in the Alley. And on the 3rd, October 3rd, my college professor, Dr. George Cavuto, and I are going to take on how do children process language? How do they learn expressive and receptive language? What reading programs are good? What happens when a child decodes words and doesn't comprehend? And a whole lot more. I get to talk about what I know, reading and writing, and teaching classroom teachers how to actually teach reading because they're not really that well trained. And on the 6th, The Perfect Brother, and on the 10th, I'm hoping that um, Dick Belsky will be there for It's in the News on the 12th, Stephen Manchester. And that's just part of October. But I am honored, one of the top cardiologists in the world, Dr. Uh, Laporte, Christina Laporte, on the 19th or 12th, special time, we're going to talk about her book, Dissection. You'll never, ever, ever want to go into the hospital ever again. People receive a card that says your heart attack will happen in an hour, and when it does, you're going to want to find out why. You never want to take an index card either after that. And that's just part of October for this person. So those people out there, if you have a book coming out soon, you better tell me because I don't have anything till January. That's a fact. So how would you define the title Grand Game? Um, Grand Game is a, is just a larger version of Dark Creatures. A uh, originally, Dark Creatures is designed just to be, as I said, a game between two gods, and then everybody else bets on it. So a Grand Game would be a game of more than two gods that encompasses as much space as needs to clean up the mess that they created by losing control of a mm. simple game. <laughs> So it's a bigger, better game. It's kind of like a casino run. It's a there's a, there are games and then there are grand games or huge games, and that's why I would consider um, uh, that's how I would define a grand game. It's it's that's large. <laughs> now the, the characters in the dark creatures, what are their attributes that are different than the ones in this book? I like the dark creatures. Um, okay, well, and I like the I like the the lady wench that dances too. I like that. That would characters. be Lilica. That would she would be the bar. Yeah, yep. Lilica. That's I like me. Lilica. Yeah. That's exactly. She's my right. favorite character too. She's spunky. <laughs> yeah, I know. She's got personality. I was looking for her in this one. She's not in this one. Oh, Lilica makes appearances. You just have to pay attention. <laughs> a little, yeah, a little bit, but not enough. She yep. may, she needs to get she needs to get there a little bit more. I like her. <laughs> So Augury is actually, Augury Parse is actually a wraith. Um, mm-hmm. She's a wraith to the sword she carries. So she's a, 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 an evil or living spirit that dwells within the sword that she carries on her back. So the appearance you see of Augury when she's walking is not actually a, um, a, a, a mm. flesh and blood being. It's actually a spirit. It just looks like it's real. <laughs> you mm. can't really touch or... or, or um, or um, manipulate anything with her hands physically. Lilica is actually um, a bard. She's a human bard. She's also mm-hmm. a, a um, she also possesses the powers of a succubus. 
So when um, she needs that ability, she transforms into her succubus form. Um, unfortunately, her diet is not actually food. She what she eats is is living hearts. <laughs> it's got to be oh, fresh. cool. So she, so she yeah, she actually devours the hearts of her victims. Well, she goes out hunting every night for look to look for those. Um, so she has the powers of a succubus tied together with the powers of a bard. And if you know what a bard is, they sing and they have magical abilities mm. in their songs and such. Uh, Sosoff is a facetic, um devourer, as I pointed out. He can take the form of anything he eats and thus take the memories and intelligence of those he eats. Mm. So if he were to devour the inside of a sorcerer, for instance, um, and, and, and use their skin as his own, he would also have their knowledge of all the spells they use um, or all the magic that they know. So he can actually um, devour everything. That makes him incredibly dangerous um, because his knowledge can only grow exponentially. Um, there's um, Masterson is actually a black wizard. He's a lich. Um, his powers are that of sorcery and a necromancy. Um, he can bring things to life almost in any way, shape, or form. He can teleport or transport himself almost anywhere he can imagine. He has an incredible amount of power when it comes to magic. Um, he's not a nice guy. <laughs> he's not a hero. He's more like an anti-hero. He's chained to Jane's will, so he can only do those things that Jane wants him to do, which um, he doesn't necessarily like. He's not the slave type of person. <laughs> he's not really happy with the situation, but he's stuck with it at the moment. Um, let's see. Those are the of the uh, of the monsters or the playing pieces in the the fantasy world of dark creatures. In the living world, you know about Jane and Harvey Gaines and William and Doug. Both all of those are human people. They don't actually have any other powers except the ones they were given to by the gods later in the book. And there's a reason for that, which I can't really divulge too much unless you want to read the book, please. <laughs> Um, and uh, the gods themselves, um, of course, I really would like people to research Circe and um, the, the Egyptian god of chaos. Um, I wish I could pronounce his name. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and the Jan- Januses from um, Roman mythology and such, um, those are uh, really interesting subjects and they're really fun gods to deal with. Um, they have their own backstories, their own motives, um, and their own abilities. So the last, the last scene in the book keeps us wondering: How did you create the final scene so that we have I, no idea what's going to happen next? So I know there's a third book. Yes. I have, I have designed this as an epic story. It's a saga. So um, right now, there's a third book. To this, to these characters, I'm not sure if I'm I'm going to go into a fourth book using these characters, but I know I am going to finish. The, I'm, I'm working on a third one right now. It's called Dark Creatures: World Unending. Um, it's because I wanted to make um, a world, a series of, of of that I could work on using dark creatures as its base. So after these three books, or four books, depending on how far these characters go, I will continue with the Dark series, uh, Dark Creatures um, universe and just spin off with new characters, new situations, new gods, um, um, until I either run out of gas on it 
or um, people no longer want to read it. But um, right now I'm trying to build something like Token did in his world. Um, so I'm building um, this, uh, the world of dark creatures. I'm populating it with cities and the people and the situations that belong in the continents that, that they belong on. Along with using aspects of this world, um, which are familiar to the reader, and then I, I, I do a lot of research with other gods. So as I said, I'm trying to make this a huge epic saga, kind of like Star Wars or, or J.R. Tolkien, um, uh, just a huge world in general. So when I write the books, I just kind of show snapshots of what's going on in certain sections. So hidden beneath the surface, I just printed out the Dark Creatures uh, review that I did. Hidden beneath the surface are characters that were created and manipulated by the players of the game. So how, how do you do that? And did you do that in the second one also? That the characters were created and manipulated by the characters in the game. So. Correct, yeah. Uh, so what happens is in the first book, Doug and and um, William both created their own characters for the world of the fantasy world, Dark Creatures. They thought it was just a video game. They were just creating characters for a video game. What they were actually doing is creating living beings on this world. Um, <clears throat> so when Doug created Lilica and Augury, um, he thought they were just video game characters that he was manipulating or moving to a particular in, in a, within a particular game frame to win this game, Dark Creatures. And, and Doug actually thought the same thing, although Doug had other ulterior motives in mind <laughs> while he was doing it. He thought it was a bit of a different game than William was playing. Um, so yes, um, Jane actually um, designs her, her own character in order to get involved in the game of Dark Creatures. Um, I tried to change it up a little bit, so when Doug and William create um, Augury and Lilica and, um, and Doug created um, Toulon, which is his character, uh, they created it off a of PC. When Jane creates her character for the game, she creates it off a of PS4. Um, Harvey Gaines actually creates his off of, off of a PC too, although it's a broken PC, so it's not supposed to work, but it actually does. <laughs> and so, each one of these people, okay. So when, okay. When, at the end, we sort of left up in the air about Doug and William. So who are you bringing back in the third book, and what's going to happen to my favorite character, William? William and Jane will be back in the third book. Doug might be back in the third book. I really couldn't tell you that. I haven't quite figured that out yet. <laughs> Harvey Gaines will definitely be back in the third book. Um, the gods in question, um, I know the Egyptian god of chaos might make an appearance, or he might not. Um, I am might make an appearance, or he might not. <laughs> I like him. I like I am. Um, Cersei will definitely be in the next book, and so will the Janices, because um, they have a, a stake in, in certain situations, if you read the book. Um, all of the uh, sci all the fantasy characters in the world of Dark Creatures will be back and making appearances at the moment, because nothing has actually changed for them at this, at this, at this particular point. Um, so uh, I'm carrying a lot of quite a few characters over, and there'll be quite a few possible cameos or possible characters making reappearances. I'm not really going to tell you which one is which, though. <laughs> well, I just want you to know the reason why I like I am is because I had a ring made because people criticized me 
for whatever reason growing up. So I got a ring that's three hearts in uh, sterling silver that says, this is me. Oh, good. That's what the ring says. <laughs> I'm serious. That's what the ring says. This is me. And I'm tempted to get one that says, I am me. And that's too bad. Yeah, because when people just criticize you, who cares? That that That's yeah. just the point. So if yeah, Jack could people. say... If Jack could talk to us, what would he say about this? And not Doug. I mean William. He's my guy. Oh, good, because I was. <laughs> you were you were opening the can of worm there. <laughs> I know. If if William could talk to you about the situation he finds himself in, what would he say? Seriously, he'd say it was unfair. <laughs> he didn't ask for any of this. <laughs> um, this was all, as far as he's concerned, shoved on him. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you, the guys would would say that he accepted everything that he was in, they gotten into willingly, but mm-hmm. um, he would tell you that he was tricked, that he was fooled, that um, that they they mm-hmm. they, uh, they tricked him into the game, um, that he, he didn't want to find out about Doug, he didn't want to find out, um, mm-hmm. he didn't want anything to do with Doug, he just wanted to live a normal happy life with his happy family and get a job and maybe get married or not or live his normal mm-hmm. life, he didn't want any of this coming down in his head, so why me? <laughs> on the other hand, he also will tell you that now that he is stuck in the situation and he knows what's going on around him, he has no choice but to do something. Um, if he doesn't do mm. something, um, things will go bad and in a bad way. And then he'll blame himself because he didn't do anything. So he's a type of reluctant hero. He's a type of individual who once he finds himself in a situation that he can't back himself out of, he's going to try to do his best to get through it. Um, that would be what we would say. Um, Jane would also mm-hmm. say the same thing that she was trapped or tricked into this whole situation. But now that she's now that she's gotten herself into it, it's not so bad. <laughs> mm. um, she's escaped um, pretty much from her situation like she wanted to. She's gained um, some things that she didn't have before. Um, she's with a person that she um, that she's very attracted to, which is William. She, um, uh, she's she's. Um, not in a bad spot right now. She's a little, still a little confused about the whole situation and, and unsure and, and scared about certain situations because certain situations are pretty, uh, you know, when you're put in a life and death situation that you didn't know was going to be a life and death situation, it's going to grab you. Um, but um, she would she would definitely tell you that she'd been trapped and tricked, but on the other hand, um, you know, it's not as bad as, as you might think because, you know, she is they're given they are given abilities to get out of the situation. So mm. since she's always been in the situation she's had to figure out how to get out of, um she's more in her own element than William is. William was never in a situation where um he was abused or, or, or had to find a way out of something. He was in a happy home. He was in a good home, a, a loving home, so She's more in her depth and more in her element as far as psychologically, as, as far as that goes, than William is. What would happen if he actually tried to drop out of the game? He can't. Yeah, you can't. You'd be destroyed. Um, if you if you became, uh, as I pointed out in the first book, if you became a frozen piece, the gods have no more mm-hmm. use for you. Yeah. They'll wipe you out. And they'll wipe your history out. And they'll wipe anyone who knew you out. And they'll wipe all the memory right. of you out. <laughs> Maybe so there is some we could do with some of the people that need to be wiped out. <laughs> that would be really good. So maybe, um, maybe. that particular that particular aspect, I I bought. Well, I didn't borrow it. I I used. I mimicked. I should say. I used a, a bit of it from the great Ron mm-hmm. Sterling from Twilight Zone. 
He's got a great episode. Yeah, he's great. He's got a great episode where three spaceship, um, three astronauts end up landing on on the Earth or crash landing on the Earth, and um, they weren't never supposed to survive their trip. So each one, one Mm -hmm. by one, begins to vanish. I don't know if you remember that episode or not. but um, Probably because my husband lives on that channel to watch the Twilight Zone. (laughs) Yep, he does. So I took that idea from that. So, yeah, the guys would just they're, definitely just wipe them out. They're so scary, the, the Twilight Zone. But they, you know what? They don't, I'm looking at, you know, different programs on television and violence and stuff like that. They don't write anything that's really good anymore. They write a lot of junk that I don't yeah. even want to watch at this point. And some of the programs are just so a bunch of people that are, you know, talking about their life or hip-hop or something like that, and it's like I turned it off. I don't even want to know. So, are yeah. you bringing my Lilica back in the next one? Yes, Lilica will be back in the next one. So we'll augury. Um, Good. So we'll salt off. So um, <laughs> so we'll um, um, Masterson. Then all the fantasy characters will be back. Um, most of the human characters will be back. I can't really give too much away, but some of them will be no. back in different ways. <laughs> So the question I wrote at the end of my review, by the way, it's there in 12, with 20 stars, people. Um, will the game end? And World Unending has yet to unfold the answers. We don't know. But when you when you end the third book, um, is there going to be an ending or are you going to leave us hanging? As far as this these characters go, if I decide not to go on to another to a fourth book, their position within this game will end. The game itself will never end. Mm. Um, so the the particular human characters in the situation themselves will will come to an end. In, um, as far as the game goes. Um, in, so that if I decide not to write a fourth book and I continue Dark Creatures and under another book, into another book, so it'll be Dark Creatures and it'll be a new series, um, the mm-hmm. game the, the game itself will continue. It'll just be different gods. It'll be different situations. Um, even a different structured type of game. It may not even be chess, but it'll definitely be good versus evil. Are you gonna, and you're going to pick a different place to play the game, not Milton, someplace Correct. else. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. As I said, I'm building an entire universe, so... That's very scary. So how do you come up with this is a question because like I said I'm writing two books and I'm just I'm I'm really good but not really. I'm really good oh, at writing the scenery and scaring the daylights out of myself. And then when it comes to being evil, I have to learn how to be evil. I'm getting better at it. So how do you create the evilness in the characters and how do you decide what to write? I mean, I know your story plots, but how do you decide to to make these creatures or these game the game pieces really evil, so that when people read it, they go, "God, I don't want to be in that person's face. I don't want to get that one mad at me." How do you do that? Well, um, first of all, I take a piece of advice from Stephen King. I read a long, long time ago in one of his books. <clears throat> they asked him how he creates his um, his nightmares mm-hmm. or his evil characters, or his plot or his or his scary plot lines, and he simply put, "I always imagine what's under the bed." Mm-hmm. When you're a kid, you can always imagine what's under the bed. What's under the bed is always evil. It's always scary. It's always something mm-hmm. um, horrible. 
Um, as far as creating evil itself uh, or any of the other characters I design, I get inside their skin. I walk around in their heads for a while. So when I'm writing Doug, I think like Doug. When I'm writing William, I think like William. Um, I see the world I write. That's why it's, it can be sometimes it can be really quite vivid when I explain it because I'm actually looking at it. I'm watching the characters go through their motions. Doug has, for instance, I know Doug backwards and forwards. For instance, he's a psychopath now. Mm-hmm. He has no regard for anyone else but himself. The entire world, as far as Doug is concerned, is against him. He's the one who's prosecuted, persecuted. Nobody else is. Mm-hmm. When things don't go right for Doug, it's not Doug's fault. It's someone else's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Doug uses his new abil- newfound abilities in uh, the simple game and the grand game that just gets given to him by <clears throat> by the putrid ones to fulfill his greatest fantasy, which is to bless or baptize people in his own particular loving way. So what he does is he kills them in threes. <laughs> he'll find a family of three and or, or people, a group of people who are together in three, and he'll kill yeah. all three of the individuals. He'll strip their skin off of them, he'll eat parts of them, and then he'll take their eyeballs for trophies. And to this, to him, this is baptizing you in the world the way it should be. <laughs> This is, this is the way he thinks. He's extremely twisted. He's scary, um, let me tell you. So where can we find out about you and all of your books? You have about three minutes. Oh, okay. Um, yes, by all means, go to Amazon.com and um, look up my, my books. I'm under under Tim Ahrens, um, T-I-M-A-H-R-E-N-S. That's my full name. You'll find me there. You'll find me on my website, which is www.thedarkcreatures.com. All one word. dot com. I have a full, excuse me, I have a full website there. Um, it explains all about all my books and my characters and the artist um, James Reich, who did all the black and white work inside the book, who was a fantastic black and white artist. Um, if you want recommend, want, rec, want a recommendation on who to get for your books for black and white, I recommend him. If you want his address, let me know. Uh, contact me to my website or something, and I'd be more than happy to give it to you. Um, so yeah, look me up on my website or Amazon. I can also be found on Barnes and Noble, <clears throat> and where all other great books are sold. I guess you could say. <laughs> well, January 18th. Let's remind everybody that you, Bruce Coffin, David Putnam, Marilyn Levinson. We're going to talk about how do you create your plot lines, your themes, your mystery, your thriller, and a whole bunch more questions that I sent everybody that I made up. Trust me. And each person has, uh, you should have gotten them. I gave everybody their questions, the individual ones. And probably if anybody has any talking points, just send them my way. What can I say? I did those in the middle of the night because I said, let me get it done. And it's a, I'm going to send you the link. Now that now that blog talk didn't mess it up, I had a fit this morning. I go, wait a minute. I have a show on the 22nd. Where did it go? This happens a lot. And sometimes they screw up my, my promo, so I have to do that again. So who knows with me. So thank you so much. This has been fun. Everyone, it's a beautiful day outside, and maybe Tim will create a game plan that we could get rid of the virus, and it'll be too <laughs> afraid to stay here. Seriously. Everybody, Tim, thank you. Everybody have a great day, and bye.